Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So if y'all don't know, I have been definitely trying to create more and more content to just keep folks thinking and laughing. And now you can check out Smart, Funny, and Black's YouTube Yes, Smart Funny and Black Entertainment is giving you new videos every week. That's right. We got new content every week. And it's not always just coming from me. I got a whole lot of other voices and characters living within here that want to speak to y'all. So we are bringing the consciousness to the comedy and the comedy to the consciousness and then combining all of that to bring content to you. So make sure you subscribe to Smart Funny and Black over there on YouTube. You got to go to youtube.com backslash Smart Funny and Black. Get you some good laughs while you get some good information. It's so funky. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and those who do not subscribe to those binaries, welcome to another episode of Small Doses. Now, listen, I've been wanting to do a side effects of apologies for a long time, largely in part because I feel like there's a lot of folks that owe me a motherfucking apology. <laughs> uh, but, you know, to that end, COVID happened. And in my, you know, uh, relaxed, not, well, not, I wasn't relaxed, but in my isolation <laughs> due to COVID and quarantine, I started realizing the apologies that I owe to other people and to myself. Ooh. And therapy and nature will do that to you. And that it'll do it. Oh, therapy, nature, and solitude. Yes. It'll do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, I recently saw a video by our guest, Miss Sonia Renee Taylor, author and founder of The Body Is Not an Apology. And in this video, she broke down the specifics between apology and atonement. And it was in relation um, to, was it a woman in your DMs or was, I can't remember. No. So this is all happening, um, on Dr. Yaba Blay. That's page. right. It was Yaba Blay. There was a woman yeah. in Yaba Blay after, you know, because there was this past the mic mm-hmm. moment that happened that for the record, I was like, you know what? Best of intentions, but I don't know how this going. <laughs> well, play. Yeah. yeah. And, um, <laughs> And so what happened in the past, the mic was that there was Instagram pages that were shared between white women that have like big platforms and sisters that have big platforms. And Yaba Blay had shared with somebody. And in doing that, though, you get new followers. You get all their followers. Yeah. Yeah. You get their followers. And so I'll let you finish the rest. How did it go? Yeah. <laughs> so first of all, thanks for having me. I'm so uh, happy I'm to have you. Like glad to be in the conversation. I'm super glad to be in the conversation. So happy. Um, so, yeah, so I stumble upon this uh, online. I'm watching 
uh, you know, Yaba Blay has a judgment-free zone, which is her Friday night offering of ratchetry and revelry and all the things in between. And I get my whole life. I go every, I look for it. I'm going, I'm going to go just watch some ridiculous shit on Yaba's page. And so after Yaba did the pass the mic, she starts to get influx of white followers. And that's not historically been Yaba's audience because that's not who Yaba's content appeals to or is for. I need to have you on the show. Go on. Yeah. Yes, to do it. It'll be a good conversation. Um, So Yaba had a post on her judgment-free zone that was like some guys fighting in the backseat of a car and a person sitting in the front seat like, and it was like um, uh, 2020 (laughs) was the backseat. Me, right? Just sitting in the front trying to ride it out. So some white woman on Yaba's page is like, so now we're... um, you know, now we're promoting violence and then reports, <laughs> reports. I missed reports, that part. Reports Yaba's post and Yaba's post gets taken down. And that to me is the piece that I think is important yep. to, to highlight, right? Which is, it's not just white people have whack opinions, right? Like whatever, right? <laughs> like it's white people have whack opinions about your life that they have the power to institute their desire over. That's the issue. And so this random white woman reports this black woman's page. The the black woman's content gets taken down. And needless to say, Yaba is enraged and, you know, like in her full Sagittarius fire now, like piss. And (laughs) so apparent. So Yaba does a series of posts about how pissed off she is. And I suppose that this white woman, um, now is like, oh, I need to apologize. And it goes to apologize or says that it's her on one of the threads. Like, it was me. I'm sorry. Now, this was the stupidest. (laughs) This was the stupidest move I've seen in a long time. I was like, why would you tell on your, oh, boo, you fit to get the most, you signed up for it. I, you bought the ticket to the circus. I guess you're about to be the clown. I don't know what to tell. So she says, I did it. I'm so sorry. Da, 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 da. I need to apologize to Yaba. And Yaba's like, I don't want, don't talk to me. Like, don't talk to me. So, the, you know, this, I assume this woman reaches out and is like, no, I really want to apologize. Um, and Yaba's community is like, leave it alone. Like, she don't want to talk to you. Leave it alone. So then this woman writes up an entire apology, emails like emails it to Yaba, CC's Glennon Doyle, CC's Abby Wombach, CC's Tarana Burke. It's so it's Tarana. <laughs> she picked the wrong one. People really yeah. don't be knowing who they think they be knowing. Tarana they really don't. The Bronx. She's not yes. here for it. Not here for the play play. And so, so this, so this is how that all plays out. Needless to say, the poor white woman gets not nah, whatever. Poor white woman is just me tossing in language because I'm trying to have some sympathy for her foolishness. But she gets dragged as is appropriate now, um, and can't understand, you know, why why she's being dragged. Yeah. And then of course there are other people who are all, you know, I think it's important to remember that we're all conditioned to protect whiteness, and so. 
even black people are like, well, maybe you're just being too harsh on her. You know, perhaps she was, you know, she was just trying to apologize. She just wanted to say sorry. And so that's when I watched the unfolding. And I do, I do a, and I don't, I don't think the word is series. I turn on my video on a regular basis and I say, what's up y'all? And then I start talking about whatever it is that's in my head that day. And that day it was the unfolding of this because what I saw moving was that this woman didn't actually feel, um, she didn't actually genuinely want to atone for what she did. She didn't want to apologize. She wanted absolution. And there is a distinction between an apology and atonement even and absolution. And, and I wanted to talk about what I think that distinction is because particularly in the context of, of, of whiteness and white supremacist delusion, um, I often see white people's guilt, white guilt is actually a vying for absolution rather than a, an authentic apology. Yeah. What is the difference? And I think that's, you know, and you, you sum this up in your video, but for those who, who didn't watch the video, I would love to like expound upon that because I think a lot of us don't know the difference and we're wanting something specifically from someone or from, or, or someone is wanting something from us that we don't actually have the correct language for. Exactly. Exactly. So absolution, I mean, absolution is a religious term, or at least that's how I've come in contact with it. And it is the ability for God to remove you of your sins, is to, cl to be cleansed of your sins. And so when someone wants absolution, what they want is for you, for you, person who was harmed, to make them okay again. I feel bad, or I feel bad. Maybe not even that I harmed you. I just feel bad. <laughs> I feel bad and I don't want to feel bad anymore. And if you tell me it's okay, what you did is okay, I forgive you, you're, you're a good person, then I can go back to feeling good about myself. So it's not actually at all about the person who was harmed. No, It's about you. <laughs> it's about you and what you want from them. As opposed to an apology is about the person that was harmed. It is I recognize that I did something to you that created pain, sadness, violence, whatever it created in your life that was not good. And I legitimately feel sorry for having done that. And I would like to extend my apology as, as an effort to make amends. Recognizing that you don't owe me shit. And that is the key piece. That an apology doesn't assume that you're owed anything. It is literally just an extension of amends. If someone decides to offer you something back, beautiful. That's a bonus. Yeah. Awesome. Feel great about you. That's beautiful. But they don't owe you that shit. They don't owe you nothing. <laughs> you are owed nothing. <laughs> and I think that's the thing. And, and oftentimes, particularly as it relates to whiteness, is that white people want to be absolved of the guilt of the you know, hundreds of years yeah. of, of violence that they have wrought over black folks' lives and they want black people to give it to them. They want black people to make them feel better about all the shit that they did. And the truth of the matter is, I can't do that for you. I can't. Even if I told you I forgive you, you the spiritual debt you owe is between you and your God. I can't absolve you of that. 
you that's a spiritual journey between you, your ancestors, your creator, whatever it is you believe in. But I can't give that to you. Black people can't not only can't give it to you, but don't owe it to you. Oh, you nothing. Oh, you nothing. Oh, you nothing. nothing. <laughs> I, how does this play out in our interpersonal relationships? Yes. Yeah. You know, like, and, and if you could, before we even go into that, like, I would love mm-hmm. for hear you to speak on atonement because I feel yeah. like atonement is like apology squared. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's like the, the beta test, like it's really, yep. and I think a lot of people, men have not even heard that word, um, mm-hmm. aside from the Kira Knightley movie. Uh, but, <laughs> but I would just love, and, and the reason why I think it's also so important to just look at these different levels is one in regard to what we're talking about with white folks, because we are in this place of like an eruption of consciousness. And there are a lot of people who are having to face in real time, like, Oh shit, I am a result of shit that happened in real time, even if at another time. Right. So there's that. But then in the COVID of it all, a lot of us, like we talked about earlier, are having to really like face our own behaviors and apologize, atone and like, where like I had an ex who we reconnected during the first three months of quarantine mm-hmm. and both of us were very toxic to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, I feel like he was more to me, but it doesn't matter because it's still, I am responsible for my own actions and right. um, I definitely Put my fuel right. in the fire, honey. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, right. When we got back into this new space, though, I was in a new space. And so my interaction with us and our past was very different than it had been before. And one of the first things I did was take accountability. Got a lot of A's. Apology, atonement, accountability, absolution. Amanda. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I just, Sonia, I felt like the freedom for us to move forward was going to live in the accountability of how we got here. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, I just want to apologize and atone for everything that I brought into the space that didn't allow Mm -hmm. for it to be a safe space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you brought shit, I brought shit, but I can only control me. Right. And I was like, you know, and I know that there were traumas that were unresolved that affected my behaviors and my responses to you that I would not do now. Mm -hmm. Like I just wouldn't do Mm -hmm. them now because of what I've worked through. Right. And um, he was unable to do that on his side. Right. And so inevitably we spiraled back into the darkness. But I brought that up because even when we spiraled back in the darkness, it was one of the first times where I had like truly forgiven myself. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so once we spiraled back in the darkness, it didn't pull me back 
Exactly. 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 That's the that's the key piece is that when you are actually able to see your side of the street, when you're able to be on this is what belongs to me that is mine to tend to, and you have some practice in tending to your side of the street, Ooh, you actually have been tending to your side. Because <laughs> that's what you need practice in. It. It's more than just, oh, I see it. Oh, that's mine. It's like, all right, how do I deal with what's mine? Yep. And once you have some practice dealing with what's yours, when other people's stuff comes on the side of your side of the street, you recognize it as not yours and you are able to be like, oh, we can't actually intermingle streets because I'm over here with the practice of keeping mine together and I see your stuff spilling over here and I can't manage yours and mine. So right. I'm going to have to go over here. And there's a, that comes with knowing, like doing the work of being able to, to own your stuff. And that's really what I understand is atonement. Um, mm. Like atonement is, I am able to see where my fault is, regardless of how much your fault might be in the mix. I am able to see where my fault is and take 100% responsibility for my fault of this. And to not, an atonement is also a, not about waiting for the other person to do the same. It's completely your, it's, it's, it's for, I don't want to say it's for that, but it's like, it's selfless. That to me, like, that's when you know it's right and you feel right in it because mm -hmm. no matter what happens is it, you're not doing it with an expectation. Like to me, atonement is, exactly. atonement is done with only one intention and it's to clean up your side of the street. That's it. That's it. That's it. There's nothing else. And it's about, so, you know, I like these A's. So the apology, I think, is the first step. It is the, hey, I'm sorry I did a thing. And I think it's so important. We get so stuck around this, and I don't think we need to get stuck. And I, and I get it. Like, it's the human instinct is to, like, get defensive and to want to self-protect. One of the things that I really practice on a daily basis is... If someone tells me I hurt them, I believe them. Can I interject? Yes. I had someone recently say to me, the same ex, mm -hmm. I apologize for anything I did that made you feel hurt. Which is a different statement. Can you please break it? Because <laughs> like, you know right. that it feels off. But it's right. like, like something's right. Well, because part of it is so what it is, is it's a, a, a language of distancing. It is I don't actually want to take responsibility for the behavior. But if you felt a thing, then I'm sorry you felt a thing. So it's not I did a thing. That's the distinction is an apology, a sincere apology acknowledges, again, my behavior and its impact on another person. My, an apology is not, I am sorry that you felt a way. Because inside of that statement, it's there is fault. no me. It's there's you. no me. Right. <laughs> there's nothing. I, there's, I'm not showing up to take responsibility for anything. I'm so, I'm sorry. Like, it's a cloudy day today. Even saying, I don't got shit to do with the cloud. 
That, and that's the thing. Like, even saying, like, I'm sorry if I did. That if. That if is a qualifier. The, it, right. That because puts doubt. It's a qualifier. And it denies, again, it's an opportunity to, to, to put a cushion between you and full responsibility. And a sincere apology and atonement is willing to take 100% responsibility for the behaviors that I engaged in that created an outcome or that had an impact on an outcome. Because again, right, we're in a whole kaleidoscope of intersecting um, behaviors. Everybody's bringing their own stuff to the table. That's fine. A sincere apology isn't concerned with what you brought to the table because it is only about 100% responsibility for what I brought to the table. And And there is no qualifier in that. So when someone tells you, Sonia, that really hurt, I'm sorry if you felt like I hurt you. <laughs> right? No, 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 so no, no. So what would be is- the response to that that you feel is responsible? What is the responsible response to that? I'm sorry I hurt you. And I'm then sorry what? I hurt you. And then, so that's that's the first piece of the apology right. is I'm sorry. Acknowledge. Acknowledge. A, another A. Another God, A. Damn. This is all the A's. <laughs> Acknowledge hey. harm. Acknowledge the harm. Acknowledge the harm that that was created or impacted, influenced by your behavior. Then, uh, then, so, and both of those go together. So I think oftentimes you could break it down. It's like, I really, I really hear you saying that I hurt you and I am sorry that I hurt you. All right. So that's the acknowledgement. I, I hear you saying, I hear you telling me the experience you had. I am sorry for my role in the experience you had. Yeah. I don't want you to have that experience anymore. What can I do? What can I do that might help? The problem is this is and this is where we start rolling into absolution is because what people want is for you to tell them something again that's going to make them feel better. That's where we find ourselves like, oh, right. I just I want to make the situation better. And I think one of the greatest gifts that 12 step programs have ever put out in the world is that sometimes the best amends, the best atonement you can give is to leave people the fuck alone. Is And there will be people who will never forgive you. They will never, ever, ever accept any apology yeah. you ever give. And that has to be okay. It has to be okay. And if you are 100% responsible for your for your part in whatever that was that happened, then you also, then with that comes an honoring that that is what is in surface to them, to them in their healing. Oh, what I'm giving you, right? My absence is giving you a peace of mind. And so that is an act of atonement. And I do want to speak to apology as the importance of apology as healing. But I, but before that, I, I think though, there is something to be said for like, once you provide someone with a genuine, authentic apology, they don't have to accept it. Mm-hmm. However, they don't get to continue to treat you with harm or they don't get to harm you back. No, I 100% agree. And I, th- I 100% agree. And I think I've been in scenarios where I have offered someone a genuine, 
authentic apology Mm -hmm. that they decided was not genuine and was not authentic and that they then felt, they just felt empowered to say hurtful things and, and because they felt hurt by the thing that I was apologizing for, Right. I was expected to then be receptive. Right. Yes. Right. Be their whipping post. Yes. To be their whipping post for their anger. Right. And and so again, this is where boundaries are really important. This is where, oh, I understand what is my side of the street. I cleaned up what's, what is my side of the street. I cannot be responsible for what is your side of the street. And so sometimes that just means that, again, the atone, again, atonement is that I still create enough space so that you don't have to be kicked up every time you see me because you are not yet at a place where you can hold the authenticity of that apology. I can't make you. And so the best thing that I can give you is some distance so that I don't have to be a constant reminder of a harm that, that, you know, that happened at my hands. I can give you some space to do that. And I feel like that is also a gift. And the piece of it that gets complicated, right. Is that, We are always in um, a unique dance between hurting and being hurt, harming and being harmed. None of us are only the victim. None of us are only the perpetrator. That is the condition of life in humanity. And so the, the work is how do I hold myself in the harms that I've caused and the harms that have been done to me? And how do I hold the other? and the harms that they have caused and the harms that have been done to them. And when do I know, when do I know to give us both space? Because it is what it, it is space that's going to lessen the harm. Sometimes there's not, there's not an apology. There's not anything else. There is, oh, we actually just can't be in each other's lives because we kick up each other's shit. That's or it. because when you see me, I kick up your shit. Or wh- for whatever it is, the best thing I could do for you is create some space between us. And understanding that even in creating that space, you might still be vilified for that. Yo, the the best thing you can do is let go. Oh, hold on. I have to read it because somebody, I posted it yesterday because it was the truth. And I was like, yeah. I need to remember this and I need other people to remember it too. And it is, hold on, I'm going to find it. Because it was, it was the right word at the right time. Um, hold on, let's see. It was, oh, I hate all the things you all have sent me. <laughs> Here it is. It is. I knew I matured when I was okay with nobody knowing my side of the story. Yeah. Oh, then I'm mature, baby. (laughs) Nobody tell you. I have found myself in particular just as a quote unquote celebrity in Mm -hmm. so many situations where the sensationalizing of an interaction with me by the other party is the integral part to their side of an argument. And 
that if and 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 it's like I have to make a choice on if I'm gonna then join in the sensationalizing because then it becomes now like I'm a but I already know the truth, right, right, and right. I also know that that's not to me the genuine way of getting to a place of healing, right, like throwing private conversations into public domain to me is not a genuine way to have conversation toward healing. Mm -hmm. And it often feels like, man, if I just did that, like (laughs) I could clear this up, but I've had to really just uh, like understand, like, you know what? I've done my best in this situation and that's yeah. got to be enough. And that and that is the piece is like I've got I've done my best. And I feel like so and this is the tricky part and, and for me most of my work is about helping us go back and be able to look at us mm-hmm. and to be real honest with us so that when we say I've done my best we're really telling the truth. Yeah. Right? Cuz that's really what matters. Yes. Right? It's like am I telling my am I telling myself the truth or am I telling myself my own comfort? Right? Yeah. And I think I too, this is a lesson that's definitely real time for me. I actually had a whole conversation the other day with an ex and they were talking about, you know, they were, you know, moving through their anger with me. And I had this moment where I was like, motherfucker, angry at what? <laughs> like I had a whole, <laughs> I had an entire, like, how dare you be angry at me? I was nothing but amazing. Right. <laughs> I mean, but I don't I, deny it. Right. Which, which, you know, but what I got to was, you have to be okay being the villain in someone else's story, Sonia. You have to be okay being the villain in someone else's story because it's their story and you don't get to rewrite their story. You don't like being the villain in their story, but it. I, but when I truly understand that it's not my business, what you think about me is and not that's my business. Really... What you think about me is not my business. My business is to tend to those things. And then in that reflection, what I I can also do is be like, all right, are there things that they could be angry about? Of course there are. Yeah. Of course there are. Right. And, and great because my living amends, my, my work of, of being in a state of, um, of always kind of healing the harms that I've caused in the world is to not be the person who caused those harms is to, to, to continue to edit and remove and heal yep. and regenerate those parts of me that, that were wounded in such a way that they caused that harm. That is what I do. And I can do, that's my life. And the rest of it is your business. I can't do anything about it. So an ex who has atoned, Mm-hmm. And has he has a whole life, a whole family, everything. Mm-hmm. We're friends. Um, he sent me a video the other day, uh, the other day of this woman who had run over her man, and he was just like, "I don't understand. Like, what could this nigga have done to deserve this?" And I was like, "Well, first of all, there are a million things that right. he I was could like, have done. Uh, maybe right. not to quote unquote deserve. Just, I was like, deserve is but, the wrong word." There's a million things he could have done like this to trigger this type of violence, right? Right. And I said, because at the end of the day, hurt people hurt people and all of us are hurt. And for what it's worth, coping mechanisms 
uh, mm-hmm. self-soothing. These things are not taught to us. We no, stumble upon no. them if lucky. If we're lucky. If we're lucky. And I think Black women in particular are doing a lot of great work in terms of bringing it to the forefront of our everyday. I would yeah. love to see that come with a lot more momentum to our brothers, but it is it is in motion. Um, mm-hmm. But I said to him, I said, you have to understand, I'm one of the lucky ones. I have had exes who have traumatized me atone. Mm. And I feel seen in my pain. Right, right, right. And I would have at best found a way to manage it mm-hmm. and did my own healing. Right. But by you and others going through your own process of healing and seeing atoning with what you interacted with me as, as a part of your healing that that aided in the the quickness and the depth of my healing. Yes. Yes. And and I said so I'm one of the lucky ones. This woman clearly is not. Mm-hmm. I don't know what this man did to her, but I You knocked your uh, mic out. Cuz I was knocking truth. <laughs> but I know that within her there was a pain that had not been seen. Mm-hmm. That she is still wielding. And that yeah. shit be like, you don't even realize you doing it sometimes. I mm-hmm. did not realize that in my last relationship, I was wielding the pain of my, my whole life. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until like a lot of awakenings happened that I realized not only was I doing that, but I could stop doing that. Mm-hmm. That it wasn't mm-hmm. uncontrollable. That yeah. I actually did have the power. Like I was she <laughs> You know, right. and that I could right. and 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 then realizing that the only way to get to that power was to face it. And he was just like, yo, like, damn, I didn't really think of it that way. And I'm just like, listen, we don't so we so much of us have so much shit that we don't even know we have and it can bubble over right. at any moment. Who knows? Yep. This nigga could have just not called her back. <laughs> totes, totes. You know, it's the last time, nigga. It's the last time. But, <laughs> but we don't know how much hurt she may have gone through. And and the other part of it is, and this is to me why apology and atonement is so important is in terms of healing, also because you don't know how much hurt someone else can handle. Mm, but what their tipping point is, and Absolutely. you don't know, and it's not for you to determine, like. Well, I've been through all of this bad shit and I'm still here. So mm-hmm. you may not have been through all that. And thus, you don't need my apology because right. you haven't handled a lot of shit. And you could, like, I've literally been told that before. Yeah. Yeah. Which again is all of those strategies are strategies that are about how do I lessen my responsibility in the moment? Because that's all that is, is. I want to have less responsibility for the harm that I caused by telling you all the reasons why it's not actually that harmful to you. (laughs) Right. It's again, it's like, it's all of it is. I don't want to sit with the weight of what I've done and what we're being asked to do is to really sit with the weight of our impact. That's it. What we're asked being asked to do. And I think you brought this up when you were talking about, you know, the boyfriend who atoned and how that was able to like accelerate your healing by having you be witnessed. Right. And it's what we're all being told is that 
it's all interdependent that we are connected. And so your healing Mm -hmm. is dependent. Your healing is related to mine and mine is related to yours. And how do we hold that delicate balance without becoming codependent, right? How do we be interdependent without being codependent? How do I recognize too? We got to do (laughs) shit. God damn, Sonia. How do we be interdependent? Interdependent without being codependent, which means I recognize that we, that our healing is connected without assuming that I can do your healing for you or make you do your healing. I can know a thing and I can do the part that is mine in service of a thing, but I cannot do your part. So in my last relationship, the whole toxic part was the codependent. Yeah. Yeah. Once I became interdependent, that's Mm -hmm. when shit changed. But that's when he was like, get the fuck out of here. Because I think that a lot of us need the codependent. Because what happens is, again, what it does is it leaves all the things that are yours to deal with. For oh, yeah. you right, to right, deal right. with. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's it. It's like, You don't have oh, the chain that you can depend right. oh, wait. on. Like, you just going to leave me on my side of the street in my shit? No, I need you and your shit. I need you to come clean up my shit. I need to see your shit so I can think less about my shit. I need to something else so that I don't have to be in the full responsibility of my own existence. That's is- the difference. What is the power that you that you feel exists in apology and in being able to do that? I believe that it really is a key to freedom for both people. When I'm sincerely apolo- when I'm sincerely apologetic, when I really just own that there is a harm that I have caused, all the like all the yoga twisting and turning that I'm trying to do, you know, all the hot beef room rooms I'm in trying to figure out how to, because basically what we are doing is we don't want to feel the thing. That's uh, all it is. is yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want to feel the thing. And the, the, the answer is always the fastest way out of feeling the thing is to feel the thing. That's why I keep watching my ex on every interview, smoking <laughs> every blunt that the world can provide him. Cause he don't want to feel the feel thing. thing. You're going to feel it. Nigga. Um, <laughs> and and so what happens when we apologize is that we let the feeling of guilt or shame that wants to come up come up and then we release it because in the apology is the release and that's the power. and and it's powerful yeah. it's because then again I can I can rest knowing that I did as much as I could do and for the other person when a re- apology is received like really received because we're ready right because we're ready then we also get to have the release of the feeling, the feeling of harm, the feeling of not being cared for, the feeling, whatever that thing is that reaffirms the old story in our head that doesn't feel good. We get to actually have that be soothed in the moment. Um, or we don't because we still have our own way in which we're wedded to that story. And so yes. we're going to land it over again and again. But we're at choice around that. You know, and I think apology gives us the opportunity to be at choice about how we move through the emotions that show up in our lives. Sometimes I feel like I bump up against, like, as a light skinned Black woman, I feel like there's a constant conversation being had about me, to me, around me, outside of me, about you need to acknowledge 
your light skin privilege. Mm-hmm. I often though feel like there's that there's an apology attached to that's requ- that's desired attached to that acknowledgement, and that if if you don't assign that apology, that you're not actually acknowledging the reality of the light skin privilege, right? And I find myself where you were just talking about, I find myself in that dance on a regular basis because mm. I don't feel like I need to apologize for what white people are and their racism and their distorted views are assigning to me that I don't um, want. But I do feel I have to acknowledge that there are things that I gain from that. Right. So, okay, so I'm going to, so we're going to get juicy. Here's the complication. Well, so I think there are a couple of things. The first thing that shows up for me is, well, I'm going to parallel it with white people. I'm just going to use white people, recognizing that, you know, there's a whole different complex Please dynamic. recognize that. But, okay. right, absolutely. So I'm saying that, recognizing that. But I do think that there is simplicity in the understanding of it that we can transfer a bit. I, there are legitimately loving, kind white people in the world who I know hate the benefits that whiteness have, has given them and work very hard to disrupt it, to interrupt it, to challenge it on a regular basis in themselves and in the world. I know those white people. There's the only kind of white people I kick it with. Yep. So, <laughs> so I wouldn't even Shout mess with you. Shout out to Brendan and Rebecca. <laughs> so I wouldn't even mess with you if that wasn't what you were on. And there are times when that system that has ascribed that thing to you because we all, because those systems live inside of us, whether we want them to or not, because we have been steeped in them. We have all been marinating in these systems of oppression, which means that there are manifestations of them that will always exist. And so if I start from the place that there is a manifestation of some level of privilege, because that's really what we're talking about, I'll use, I won't even use whiteness. I'll use able, able-bodiedness. There is a manifestation of my able ableism that exists as a result of a set. I don't desire to be ableist at all. I live in a world that, that gave me ableism. And so when someone who has a disability experiences the way in which or sees the way in which the world privileges me because of my able bodiedness, no, that is not my direct fault. I did not. You know, I didn't make the system. I don't wish for the system to exist. But it goes back to my original point, which is if someone says they're hurt, I can acknowledge and hold and even apologize for the hurt for the for and for the role that I in whether I mean to play it or do not mean to play it because it really because the system doesn't care whether or not I mean to play it. It's going to use me as an able bodied person to enact itself. That's the that's what privilege does is it uses those of us who live at the access of that privilege to enact it. Even and there'll be time we can certainly do a lot of work to push against it, but we will also be agents of it because that is the world we live in. So until we undo that, we will always be agents of those systems unwittingly. So recognizing that I'm unwittingly an agent of a system that causes harm, I can always apologize for that. Always. And I don't lose anything. There's I don't lose anything in the apology. But what are you actually apologizing for? 
for my unwitting, unrecognized, sometimes ways in which I am going to be used as a, a part of that system. I'm, I am sorry. So you're apologizing for. I'm apologizing. Way- I'm apologizing for what I, what I know. I'm apologizing for what I don't know. Okay. And that's really what I feel like that is, is like the system is going to use me and my privilege in ways that I will never actually know because it's what it does. Yes. Right. And so I can always apologize for the fact that I know it's going to do that and that I am sorry for the harm that that's going to cause and that that does but cause. But that's not you cause. apologizing for you. You're apologizing for the system and how it uses you. And Absolutely. I think that's, and I, and I understand that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, that's where I come from with acknowledging light skin privilege. Like, I am sorry that these fucked up white people have created a system that uses me to make dark skinned black women not love themselves. Like, right. but I don't, I am not, and I'm sorry that that happens outside of myself. And I want to be an agent at all points of light right. to deconstruct that system. I think one of the things that people, that helps people hear that. And again, this is the piece about how willing am I to get to the uncomfortable thing? How close am I willing to get to to the piece that I can own, right? Which is, uh, I acknowledge, here's the way I would say it. I acknowledge that I live in a system that privileges me in many ways based, based on colorism, you know, over darker skinned women. I acknowledge that. And I am sorry I am sorry for the times in which that privilege has caused harm to you. I have said that and it doesn't matter, but <laughs> I I think the thing is, oh, but I think there's something, I think the one nuance mm-hmm. in, the, in the ableism analogy uh-huh. is it would be the difference between like a quadriplegic and a paraplegic versus an able, a completely able-bodied person and someone who is not. And I think right. that's the nuance of the light skin, dark skin conversation within blackness, because it's not a white person and a black person. Right. And the privilege of light skin is not white privilege. No, it is not. It is, it is not. It and is I think that's not. where the I think that's, I think honestly, if, if I'm being honest, I think that's where a lot of light-skinned folks get bumped up against in apologizing because they're like, I'm apologizing for this fucked up system. I'm also taking L's in this same fucked up system um, that are, I'm taking some of the same L's. Um, right. I'm also taking some different L's and mm-hmm. then I'm not taking some L's and it's, all because of these motherfuckers right here. Absolutely. And I think, the, but that's, I think that's the reason why we've got to really be able to, to separate it. Cause part of what's happening is it's like, uh, like I see that there is this, you know, I'm being told that I'm, that there's this harm, right? Cause that's, that's what we're talking about, right? It's like yeah. a hurt. Yeah. Right? I'm being told that there is a hurt here and, and I'm hurt too. Right. Yeah. Right. And I'm hurt too by this thing. The 
it, it reminds me again, though, of the conversation between you and your ex, which is, and this is the most difficult part of practicing apology is how do I stay specifically on this piece that is just mine? I know that there are so many other pieces informing this. I know that there's a whole puzzle piece that creates the full picture. Mm-hmm. How do I focus on my one jigsaw piece and my responsibility for that? That is the difficult challenging part of apology is because we, because we do, we're looking at the whole picture. I'm like, yeah. I ain't asked to be light skinned. These people is working my ass too. They over here pimping me. You know how many jobs I didn't get that they gave to fucking Kira Knightley. I don't know Kira Knightley, but <laughs> <laughs> or whoever the fuck it is. Right. And you see that and you're like, that's just fucked up. And now I got to be over here apologizing to you, but I'm getting fucked too. Is the But what's in it, and I think that it's the thing that heals us, again, remembering that apology is a function at its most precious point, a function of of interdependent healing. Yeah. Right? Is for this moment, I can, I'm going to suspend all of the things that created the context of the hurt. And see you. And I'm just going to see you in your hurt. Do you think that there is any... What happens when you see somebody in their hurt and they simultaneously deny your hurt? It nothing, nothing, right? Because all that matters is I'm acknowledging your hurt. And once you've done that, all you can do is keep walking on your side of the street. That's it. That's it. And it's it's the hardest, most uncomfortable thing because you're like. You're just not going to clean up. You're not going to even, you're just going to act like I'm not bleeding too. (laughs) Right. And, and, and it's the reason why it's important that we have where we can go to get that thing soothed so that it isn't just out here never being recognized. We do need witnesses, but the witness that we need is not in that time, the other person who was hurt. That's the piece. The person who is expressing their hurt at that time needs to be allowed to be the focus of that moment. There can be another moment where your hurt can be the focus of that moment. But in the moment where an apology is due, the hurt of the other person is the thing to tend to. Say that last part again. In In the the moment moment where an apology apology is due, due, the the hurt of the other person person is the thing thing to attend to. Yes, which is why the deflection when you say like you hurt me and someone says, well, you did da 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 da. Exactly. And then you like, how do we, and the, and the difference is like in the description you were just giving is rather than saying, well, you did da 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 da. It's, but they did da 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 da. Either way it goes, the person who's hurt, like, but I said I was hurt. Right. I think that they did is that wasn't, they're the ones hurting you. Like, please don't assign that to me. But, but the problem is, right, they're the ones hurting you. And they not. we already know we're not going to get an apology from them. <laughs> right? We already know. We know that source is not about to see us, hear us, recognize our pain, acknowledge our pain, and say, I desire to interrupt that. We can give that to each other, though. And, and I think that's, that's honestly the biggest takeaway that I take from, not the biggest, but one of the biggest takeaways from this conversation is just like, the giving it to each other and like apology at the end of the day is a gift to give to someone. It is. It is. And when we do it, like there is something that 
opens up. I really believe there's something that opens up. You know, a whole world opens up. And even if it doesn't, it's even for somebody, and it could be for all of us, it could be for both of us in that moment, but for somebody, there is an opening. And so I think that's the one of the things, an internal mechanism that we can tap into when we're like, am I on the right road? Do I, after this is done, do I feel contracted or do I feel more open? If I feel more open, then, then I've actually probably given the most authentic thing I can give. If I feel more contracted, that's my body saying that there's something still holding. I'm still holding on to something, you know? So, yeah. The last dose. Well, we, we all got work to do. I know I, I continue to do my work. I, it, it is a fucking bitch. Woo! The work, the work, the work, the work. <laughs> I feel like we got to come up with another name for it because it's like, it's just, it's, it's, and it's attached to so many things, including to so many people. And, yeah. um, journey, you it's know. a journey, but I thank journey. you for, for, I thank you for taking time. I know you're doing a lot of shit right now. We all, we all are, you know, in our, in our best selves doing a lot of shit right now. And, um, apologies as they exist within our inner, interpersonal relationships, but also as you said, as we're not going to get the apology we want as from white folks that I think a lot of folks are, are wanting, even from Joe Biden. Like, it's just not, you know? And so it's, it's, <laughs> we got to be give within it. us. Yeah. We got to give it to ourselves. We got to give it to ourselves. So thank you for being such a, a vessel, <laughs> a, an unending fountain of, um, of knowledge and of healing. And I, and I appreciate you and I feel you from, from over here. And, and I thank you for, for teaching all of us on this call though, also just how kindness and compassion can exist in the same space yeah. as honesty and truth. And for yes. me, that's, and for me, that's the hard journey for me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, and only, the more had the honesty and I only had honesty and truth given to me in one tone for a long right. time. Slice, 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 slice. <laughs> So I've been working how to dull that knife. I've been working. It can be so much softer. It can be so much. It can be. I'm thinking tarot right now. It can be the ace of swords, or it can be the cup, or it can be the ace of cups. Either way it goes, we're off. It's an offering. Decide which one you want to give. Well, thank you for giving us all this. Make sure to follow Sonia Renee Taylor. Um, What books? Where they get them? Books. Um, Any place people sell books is preferable. Your local independent black owned bookstore. There we go. All around it. The body is not an apology. The power of radical self-love. Thank you so much, sis. Thanks, love. Appreciate you. A podcast network. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.